One of the most profound things I've learned in my life is that it's actually not about my hair at all. I've spent a lifetime trying to cover up who I am. And as much as I love a good external transformation, and I do, I much more love a heart transformation. Join me as I share how I work to heal my heart, find happiness, and embrace our hair. Hey guys, welcome back to It's Not About Your Hair, where we talk all things hair, heart, and happiness. Hey, I hope you guys tuned in last week where we talked about uh, mindfulness and seasons of life and what season are you in and how to develop time. And I kind of ramble because that's what I do. So I hope you got something out of it because my brain works like that all over the place. Uh, We talked about the idea of are you a in the window box, beautiful flourishing season, or are you in a season of stillness and how to listen? And I thought that today we would go a little bit deeper into that and talk about transitioning from season to season, giving opportunities to listen just a little bit more. We'll talk about and the language that we use as we transition, remember, because we talk about these lenses and how we see things, how we see other people, how we choose to see opportunities or don't in our life. So I hope that you're excited about it as I am. And I hope if you are enjoying this podcast, leave me a review or uh, comment and tell me what you're liking, because it's so encouraging to know that that this work matters and that it's helping somebody. I sure enjoy doing it and sharing the journey with you guys. So anyways, let's get into it. So last week we talked about the idea of manifesting and I have right here uh, the definition of manifestation, an event, action, or object that clearly shows or embodies something, especially a theory or an abstract idea. The action or fact of showing an abstract idea. So when people say, I'm manifesting that, they're bringing something that isn't into something that is. And we talked about maybe sometimes Christians get scared of this word. And I am a follower of Christ. I love Jesus. And I believe that we have the power to bring something that seems abstract to fruition. Now, what does that mean? It means the power of aligning ourselves with our our divine and incredible life-giving purpose. You know, our lives are very, very short in the big scheme of things, and we can make our life feel much more, I don't want to say important, because our lives are important. You are important. I am important, and you're important to the people around you. But do you know your great-grandparents? Probably not. And that's just the reality of how weird and cyclical time is. Because although our lives feel really, really important right now, what are we doing that really matters that creates a legacy or change? And this idea of manifesting, I think, brings forth, they say there's only 3,000 people. I've said this before because I love this fact and whoever made it up, I don't know. But there's only 3000 people since the beginning of time that are recorded that have actually changed or altered history, which moved into uh, action, whether good or bad. So um, 
think about, uh, oh my God, now my mind's Wil- William Wilberforce. I, I think that's a really good one. Uh, Jesus, that's a great one. Uh, simple, simple things like uh, Corey Tinboom, Mother Teresa, really big things like Barack Obama. Uh, whether you like her or not, Hillary Clinton, first woman who runs for president. I don't. I I have no political affirm political affiliation here. Just kind of showing you maybe in your lifetime and even past people that maybe you have heard of um, that have changed history because they were brave enough to step into something that was uncommon or not expected. And so I think it's really important for us when we're thinking about what we're called to. Are you a follower or a leader? And most people will follow. It's amazing to me when we think about Hitler in that time. How many people, I was reading about that this morning in a book. uh, I don't remember what book I was reading, but how long it took before anyone stood up and said something. And that happens in our daily life all the time. Maybe not so much on a big scale, but we tend to follow. And so Back to this idea of manifesting, like, do you believe a lot of people are trying to manifest lives that they think are, you know, I'm manifesting all this money or I'm manifesting that I'm going to be famous or I'm manifesting, I don't know. I think it's just ridiculous stuff because we're all following each other. The perfect husband, well, good luck because they don't exist or, um, but what you can and be careful what you wish for. Because, you know, people change. But I think what's really the opportunity to get still, like we talked about in the last episode, uh, if you're following along and you can see me on YouTube, I have a stack of papers and books in front of me because they're helpful uh, to my process. But I know that where I am today in this very moment came out of a lot of time in in quiet and stillness and so much confidence that my life has significance and that I have a purpose why I'm here on this planet. And it does revolve around curly hair transformations, which seems like, how is that doing work for God or the kingdom, or even changing the world, but I believe that it is. And it doesn't matter to me what you think. And this is the the switch of, of that, is that I used to think it mattered what you think more than what I think. And so therefore, if I did something and I looked stupid or you thought I was stupid or someone made a mean comment, I'm going to step right down because I don't want to deal with that. Well, now what I do comes out of such a deep-rooted place because of my time spent in quiet, not doing. So I used to look successful to others and I was working all of the time and I was miserable. And now I've taken this step back and I listen and I ask. And so when we're manifesting, we're listening and we're praying or dreaming or believing. I do believe that we bring things to us in our ability to align ourselves with what the plan is for us. But if you're manifesting all this money for yourself and you're not getting it, it's probably because it ain't about that. Uh, But if you um, are in alignment with the plan for your life, 
I think that the doors keep opening. And I think that there is an opportunity for growth and advancement and goodness in all of our lives. And I think that there is more than enough for everybody. And I really believe that. So no matter what, if all you're doing is chasing money, you'll spend your whole life unhappy. I I super believe that because money doesn't buy happiness. And you can ask any of the richest people in the world, they all kind of say it. And if you read reports um, or books on people's lives, when they get to the end, they always say they wish they would have spent more time with the people that they loved. And so that's where we're going with this is how do we transition if we've been living a life of trying to follow or become what we think other people want us to be or what the internet says we should be uh, into a wholehearted life where we're doing what we were supposed to do and how do we slow down if we're in the race. And I honestly think that's the hardest. That's the hardest. I have a couple of clients right now and a daughter and my husband all in transitions right now. And it's so fascinating to me to listen to people who are bravely stepping out of their comfort zone because they don't, it's not what they want for their life. And they believe that there's something on the other side of it. And they're willing to do something scary because it's scarier to them to stay in a life that doesn't feel right to them. And and catch me when I said that. It doesn't mean that it's a life that was doesn't look successful. It's not a life that isn't paying their bills. It's just not fulfilling. And so I think that's where the opportunity to slow down fills in those gaps. So if we just keep rushing from one thing to the next, do we ever discover what we're supposed to do? And I get caught up in it, you guys. I'm, I want to have a vending machine business. I want to own multiple uh fourplex real estate opportunities. I want to, uh, you know, you name it. I, I Whatever I'm following on the internet, I want to have my own chickens and sell eggs. And But here's the thing. All of those are really great things. And people are making money in all of those things. But if they're not for me, it's always going to be a struggle. And they're just, it's just going to be a different type of work. Instead of what sets your soul on fire. So one of the things that we do at dinner most nights, if we're all together, is high-low. And we had a, a young mom and her son live with us for about five months. And he's actually the reason we stuck to it, because that little guy would get up to dinner every night. And he would so patiently wait for everyone to sit at the table. And when there's seven people living in your house, it takes a minute and then he would say, okay, everybody, what's your high and what's your low? And I would pay attention to what everybody's high and low was that day. And that's a great way to start gauging where you're at in your life as just a measure of success. So step one, whether you do it with your family or you just journal it yourself, the end of every day, what was the high and what was the low? This will begin to give you a 
vantage point, get your glasses on, to what is making you happy and what is not. And if every day you come home from the work that you do, whether that's you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a janitor, you're a doctor, it doesn't matter, and you feel burnout and unsatisfied, you are not in the place that you are meant to be. You are not. I believe that. Whether that means you just need to adjust your hours or you need to jump ship and do something else. But a lot of us get on career paths based on what we think will make us look successful or we just get into that job because we had to and we don't really ever slow down. We just start blaming. Well, I can never really get anywhere else because I have to stay at this job because of this. Or, you know, I had a baby really young, so I can't do anything else because I'm stuck here. Um, And we have to get out of that language that we use for ourselves to be able to believe that there's something different. And back to this book, this was on episode seven, I think. So if you didn't listen to episode seven, you should go back. This book changed my life. It still changes my life. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Powerful Lessons and Personal Change. It starts with you. It starts with you. And it starts with me. If you are still believing that when someone else gets their crap together, you're going to be happy or when your boss does this or when you get to retire in 22 and a half more years. Like that is so crazy to me. Stop doing that. We have to change our thinking. And so a couple of things that I really loved in this book was we have reactive language and proactive language. And how we talk to ourselves or inside of ourselves really has more power than what you put on your Pinterest board or your manifesting people. So manifestation, again, okay, mindfulness, absolutely wish you would. But it starts with getting out of the blame cycle and into the bravery cycle. Okay, you have to do this. So reactive language says, there's nothing I can do. Proactive says, let's look at all of our alternatives. So if you're saying, there's nothing I can do, I want you to change that to, what else could I do? There is an option for you, I promise. How about, that's just the way I am. Have you ever said that? I used to be guilty of that all the time. I would say, well, that's just who I am. The other way it says, I can choose to have a different approach. If you do not like the way that you are and you have to keep saying, well, that's just who I am or it's just how I am, you have a choice to do something different. He makes me so mad. Oh, that one used to get me. Still gets me from time to time. But my husband is not my problem. I am my problem. Uh, Proactive language would say, I can control my feelings. You have the power to control your feelings. So whether or not your boss, your spouse, your kids, they're making you mad, you choose how you show up because of that. Okay? They won't allow that. A lot of people uh, use this language. It's someone, that's that's blame language. So I can't do that at work, they won't allow it. Or I can't do that, my parents won't allow it. Um, Proactive language says, I can create an effective presentation. Maybe you wouldn't say that, but Why don't you present them with something different? So maybe it's never been, but maybe it could be. Maybe you have the power to change it if you wanted to. Are you willing to be brave enough instead of blaming enough to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation to change the course of where you're at? Reactive language. I have to do that. Proactive. I will choose 
a different response. I can't. I choose. I must. I prefer. I only. I will. The idea of changing little things about us from reacting to something to responding to something begins to cultivate in us hope. And in the world that we're living in right now, where everyone's in a hurry and blaming and avoiding, I think that the biggest thing we're missing is personal power. But personal power comes from, uh, again, these pockets of time. A couple of things I think you should do this week that are really, really simple and I guarantee will change your week. And just give me a week. If you can't do a week, could you give me three days? And then I would really love for you to come back on here and comment if it worked because I know, I know that I know that I know it works. Step one, have a piece of paper, a journal at best. You can get one at the dollar store next to your bed. Plug your phone in in the hallway or across the room. Most people get up and grab their phone within the first four minutes. I have been guilty, am guilty uh, when I am not doing this. And before my feet hit the ground, I write down three things I'm grateful for that day. And I set my timer, you know, you can just say, hey, Alexa, I don't want to say it too loud. Uh, Set your timer for two minutes, close your eyes and listen. And when your mind wanders, bring it back to a thought, just uh, today, 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 today. In two minutes and three things you're grateful for before you get out of your bed. If you can resist even a step further and go the first half hour of your day without picking up your phone, I promise you, you will start to hear what's inside of you. Once you can get that, you can start choosing how you're going to show up for the rest of your day. You give yourself power. Gratitude unlocks the opportunity for us to find out that there is something good about our day. Because the minute we get on the internet, they want to tell us that there's bad things happening everywhere, that you're too poor to do it, that everybody's a millionaire and you're way far behind, and that everybody is looking better in their bathing suit and you might as well just give up. No. Look at me. If you're not listening, listen to me. Or if you're not watching, listen. But if you are watching, look at me. Exactly who you are is exactly who you're supposed to be. And you have the power. So maybe you're a dipstick. Maybe you've spent the first half of your life, you're blaming everybody else. Perfect. We talked about this in the last episode. We can't change until we realize we need to change. And All of that experience that you've had in the past is going to help you to change even better. If you're young and you you haven't even experienced enough of life yet, but you're ready to make a change, you can. You don't have to be 30 years old to use proactive language. You can be in seventh grade and say, I'm not going to give in to the bullying at school. I'm not going to say something mean to somebody else just because everybody else does. You don't have to talk at the water cooler, if anyone even does that anymore at work, about another coworker. You don't have to. There is nothing that says you have to do these things. And once you start surrounding yourself with light, and I think light comes from within us, and then we become the light, 
It's so much easier to walk out into the world. And then guess what? Even in seasons where things things seem dark or the sun's not shining, when the flowers aren't blooming, you begin to bring light into these dark places and you begin to listen to what's inside of you. So that's it for today, you guys. Taking the pockets of time, little bits. So I want you to take a little bit of time, three things you're grateful for, two minutes of silence. If you aren't a believer, I would encourage you, what if you just asked? Jesus, are you real? If you are a believer, but you have never done this, I would focus that two minutes on prayer, prayerfully, mindfully meditating about what God wants you to do with your life. Man, what what could happen if you became who you were supposed to be? What kind of earth-changing stuff are you meant to do if you weren't following everybody else, trying to get that beige jumpsuit on Amazon before it sells out? What color would you wear if you didn't care what was in trend? What, what things would you do if you weren't trying to follow suit? You, my friend, are fearfully and wonderfully made. You've got a purpose and a plan, and you got to listen to it. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you know that you're doing just fine that you're going to be okay, that who you are is exactly who you're supposed to be, and that I, for one, am super darn glad you're here. I appreciate you listening. I guess this is where I ask you to subscribe to my channel, to follow me on social, and to listen wherever podcasts can be found. And join me every Tuesday at 2 as we unpack how to heal your hair, your heart, and your happiness. 